back to Detroit Strange. This podcast. And that's Alex. And that's Jess. Oh, we haven't done that in a minute. I know. I realized that the other day. I was like, huh. It's a TBT throwback Thursday on a Sunday. Yep. Um, A send it back Sunday. Yeah, there we go. Send back Sunday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just Uh, made that up. (laughs) It's great. I think we should get it trending. Yep. Let's do it. Did you ever hear the conspiracy theory that like Throwback Thursday and Flashback Friday were created by the government so we would post more pictures they don't have access to online? Oh, no. Okay. Isn't that weird to think about? Like a Throwback Thursday, like you take a picture of like a Polaroid you had from like before the like before the internet times and then you put it on the internet and now it's like that picture's on the internet now. Yeah. Well, I watched this. um, It's like a documentary series, but every episode's different. I only watched one episode with my roommate. I forget what it's called right now. This is a couple of weeks ago. But one of them, the one episode. Well, first of all, it was about these birds that come back to the same spot every year uh, in Delaware. But they also go down to South America, which is just crazy. And they just learned this crazy. in the past few years. Like and they come back to the same tree. Like that is crazy. Yeah. So but it also tied in with um then they did facial recognition for pigs for identifying pigs so they don't have to tag them in the ears because it's cruel. Yeah. Um, and then they moved on to human facial recognition. And somewhere in Europe, there was like some big uh, exhibit or whatever about that. And it was just like all these like Instagram posts and things like that. And how it is basically we are everything that we post is used for a large algorithm yeah of facial recognition so it's kind of interesting i'm not like ooh, i believe this conspiracy but also i don't not believe it right like (laughs) it sounds like entirely too much work but i feel like the people that are doing this shit are entirely about entirely too much work Mm -hmm. that's interesting i mean it's also just fun though too i like i like oh yeah like i'm not saying don't post your tbt pictures just like here's a thing i had heard we're not that I think like, let's just, you know, lay back and let things happen, but we're already so deep in and I'm not that interesting. So Uh, that's kind of my thoughts too, is I'm like, they probably norm, no, nor they probably know more about me than I would like. They do. They know all the things about that. Alex, they know more than they'd like, but it's nothing interesting. I'm not doing anything crazy. Yeah. But we'll see how I feel about this in a couple of years. <laughs> Technology's moving fast. It is. It's all very creepy. And actually, I generally don't like to watch those type of documentaries. I, I like to stick with like yeah. my murder and my um, creepy places documentaries for this reason of like, I think those ones hit too close. Like the uh, the ones yeah. about things that are identity. probably happening to you. I, yeah. That's why I liked Adam Ruins Everything because it does it but with a lighthearted spin. I actually never saw that. I don't know if they did one specifically about this, but have you ever seen Adam Ruins Anything About Anything? They used to have some on YouTube. They're pretty good. He kind of just like. I've heard of it. Yeah. I think one of the first ones was about the diamond industry, actually. It was pretty interesting. There's a lot of really bad shit in the diamond. I did an art project on it in college, so I read. Yeah. Somewhat extensively about it. And. I don't want diamonds unless I do have one ring with diamonds in it because it was my grandmother's. So right. It was like a passed down thing. Yeah. Um, but if I get a diamond, I want it to be a Herkimer diamond because they're just from like 
New York upstate and they're yeah they're different and they're still pretty <laughs> yeah uh one good thing about technology is when I randomly want um Venus by Bananarama to pl- which I said Bananarama but then like the thing was like playing Venus by Bananarama how do you say it I thought it was Bananarama it probably is I don't know why I went Bananarama you're feeling I fancy I, I guess so it's feeling Play some me kind it. of some banana rama, please. Well, it was right please. after I like so we were working on the basement still. Mm-hmm. And last night at some point I went to go to the bathroom and flipped the switch in my bathroom and nothing worked. And I'm like, shit. No. Like no. especially because my cousin was like, I don't want to do any more of this electrical because I don't want to catch your house on fire. He said catch your house on fire many a time. And then all of a sudden the power goes out in the bathroom and I had had a couple drinks at this point too. So I'm just like, Oh my God, is my house going to burn down now? But Mm -hmm. I just went downstairs, turned the breaker off for the bathroom and everything was fine. And then I was like, I'll deal with it in the morning when I'm not half in the bag. And also it's not dark because the power's out by the lights I'm trying to work on. So like, yeah, I can't see anyone. Although to this morning I was down there doing it with my phone, held my mouth with the flashlight on. Do you need? I got it. Do you need an electrician? Because I'm getting worried in this. No, I'm definitely. If you do, I know producer Patty, uh, friend of the show, producer Patty. (laughs) I I know she she recently had some electrical work done and she liked the work. Okay, maybe I will reach because I do need an electrician soon because there's just like because I'm terrified right now per this story. That's why I'm. Yeah. Well, like I eventually figured it out. Like basically just one of the wires had came out of the cap that was holding them all together, but I wasn't sure which cap it went in. So I was just testing it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is always fun. Was it like flailing about like a snake? I feel like it would be like, (laughs) okay, no, the power is off. And like literally the only way you would know if a wire is live or not, if you touched it, (laughs) like, or like that. Yeah, no. I like turned off the wires. And I was pretty confident. I didn't touch the end of the wires at all. I just touched the part covered in like plastic or cloth, okay. whatever, depending on the age of the wire. Okay. Okay. But cloth. took a couple tries. Yeah. I've got some cloth covered wires because this house is old, bitch. Oh no. Yeah. But eventually I got it. I had a couple fails where when I turned, as soon as I turned the breaker back on, it blew. Oh no. But I got it back working and I, New because I left the light switch on. So as soon as I flipped the breaker, the light turned on. I was just, I just yelled, I am a wizard. But I was also <laughs> panicked too because after one of the fails, I walked upstairs and I thought I smelled something like cooking, burning, like just something that was like that. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, what did I do? And then I remembered I'd put the bagel you had got me in the toaster oven. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just bagel and the bagel is fine. The bagel is delicious, actually. But, um, well, you know where I got it from? New York bagel. I yes. saw it on the cream cheese lid. I'm like, oh, what? It, literally last night I was thinking, God, a bagel sounds so fucking good right really? now. Yeah, no, uh, I was just like, I was like, I know that I could go walk there in the morning but it's gonna mm-hmm. be cold i know i'm not gonna do that so i guess i'm just not gonna have a bagel and then you showed up this morning with a bagel on my front porch and it was so sweet i'm so happy to hear that no i've been wanting them for a couple months i usually get so okay anybody listening if you're in metro detroit my favorite bagel is new york bagel in ferndale it's michigan it's really it good the, best the name is very appropriate they've been there since like 1921 i think i read on their sign today also yeah. for some reason their hazelnut coffee 
it's like a cheap coffee. Oh, it slaps. It and slaps. It's, I, I have one right here because I can't go in there without getting one. And I don't go many places right now. So like this is, I mean, as many people don't, this is yeah. a big deal. But I've been wanting one since my birthday. And I was like, you know what? I didn't get my birthday bagel. So I'm, I'm owed a bagel. Um, and yes, I do say bagel, bagel. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Not sorry. And oh, that's how I say it, bagel. Uh, I say. I, I, mm, I've as been. As as, I've heard someone say bagel. Been, that's kind bagel. of what I'm kind of saying. Uh, it doesn't sound as bad as like bagel. Oh, I've been harassed for it before. Uh, I will not harass you. However, you choose to say that round bread with the hole. My friend used to make fun of me in high school for the way I say college. I don't. Uh, why? I don't, I don't hear I don't anything. Know. To, I don't know. To give it me just a complex. Like a douche. Yeah. I mean. I mean, you say things how you Hi, say, Tom. though. No, I'm just That's kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, New York bagel. Yes. What Delicious. kind of bagel is it? Because I never had that kind. It was really good. Is it the egg? This is my favorite one. So my favorite combo there is the egg bagel. Yeah, I do like and I, they didn't have them. The little one. I got a big one for myself of the veggie cream cheese because I like the veggies. Oh, in it. Yeah. I also got locks. I didn't know if you were a fish person or not so i didn't i couldn't remember so i didn't get you locks because they're fish and if you're not into it that's a weird thing to give you i have i've only had locks once and i think i liked it but it's been so long that i'm like okay so maybe like in a community setting yeah yes if it was an option i would try it again but it's not something i'm like out of my way trying to go i absolutely adore locks i will eat just locks with nothing because i like them that much but yes so i i am very excited i haven't had mine yet because i was like Ooh, i'm gonna record first it. and then i'm gonna yeah the, do the toast and all the all the things and i'm very excited for it but the reason i did it is because i was um well i'm <laughs> sorry if this is a shitty story but i did a kroger pickup the other day and they mm-hmm. apparently were out of lemons and oat milk which i was like I'm pretty sure your entire store was not out of all lemons and all oat milk because substitutions are okay. Yeah. Um, And those are kind of just like things I use quite often. Yeah. So I walked to Honeybee, which is a grocery store near me, and they had these beverages because they have like, you know, a single beverage section. Yeah. And I picked them up because it says breakfast seltzer on it and they had mimosa ones. And I was like, I am getting these for Alex and I because this is perfect. And then I was looking at it and it's actually by um, brewed and packaged by Great America Beverage LLC, Detroit, Michigan. Fun. Which is super fun. I also bought they had a coffee one that I had that could have gone either way. And I will say it's weird to drink a coffee flavored thing that's like seltzery. That's a weird Mm -hmm. feeling. And I'm not sure I feel about that. But the coffee flavor was spectacular. I... Get and these ones are mimosa. I should mention yeah, that right now. They're so good. Nice. I was also laying in bed thinking, like, would it be would it be crazy if I had a seltzer with the episode today? So like, I don't need one, but I'm also like, this is perfect. It's a yeah. breakfast seltzer. It's appropriate. Yeah, it makes you feel good about it. And also, I was very excited because I was like, oh, his koozie, because it's it's oh the, yeah that shape can his koozie will work on this. So oh yeah. Love using it as, as soon as I got it. I'm like, oh, which koozie I'm going to use today. I decided to go with Sailor Venus because it was the bright Good orange. Good and it oh. the mimosa vibe. Oh, yeah. Orange and orange. Yeah. <laughs> Far oh. stretch. 
No, it's great. Um, what a what a delicious breakfast. Thank yeah, you so much. you're welcome. My pleasure. I love I love dropping random things off at people's houses. You do, wish, and I love it. I wish I, I was liked better driving about it. more because I like the drop off. I don't like the driving, so it's like it's a real situation for me sometimes because I'm like, oh, I have to drive there. Hmm. I know exactly what you mean. I like. I love doing stuff like that too. I did walk some biscotti over to my coworker who lives down the street from me Aww, the other day, and she really liked nice. that. Her husband was very confused mm-hmm. because, like, I was on the phone wearing a mask and my glasses fogged up immediately, so I can't <laughs> see anything, and I'm just staring at houses trying to find their house number, and just like blind, like face completely covered like staring at their house and I go up there I'm like should I leave it like they had like a sunroom I'm like I guess I'll just like set it on this cooler in here and like he opens the door like can I help you I'm like oh I'm just dropping this off for Sky he's like oh okay I'm like thanks (laughs) which it's funny because like I've talked to him over zoom before so he kind of knows who I am but he just fully face covered it's hard to tell right I I understood completely why he had that reaction but i was just like oh eric it's me you know me but i just like dropped the biscotti and ran basically <laughs> and then like messaged my coworker about it speaking of random drop-offs too i do have to mention that the other day i received some of the coziest socks i've ever received ever oh yeah i'm wearing some right now they're amazing and i was like did i order socks i was very confused and then i was looking at it, it was like the year from kohl's i have not ever ordered anything online from Kohl's. Yeah. I've been to the store, but it's also been quite a few years. And I was staring and I was just like, did I do this? I don't know. My name's on it. So finally I looked at the packaging slip and I was like, yes, my name, my name. And then in the other corner, there was Nancy Suriano. And I was like, Alex's mom sent me socks. <laughs> She did. She like randomly asked me for your address the other day. And I'm like, I don't. Okay, sure. They're so So great. And thank you so much. This is (laughs) thank you. Thank you. They're wonderful. And it was a wonderful surprise. And also I got to use my detective skills. So yes. (laughs) No, she just wanted. She's I don't know. She's our biggest fan, I feel like. So I appreciate it. It was a very welcome surprise. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) It is like I got a package I wasn't sure like I was at um my boyfriend's house this weekend and I got like a notification on my phone that a package was delivered and I'm like I I have no idea what what I thought you were gonna say you got a package at his house and I was like whoa no that would have been weird but (laughs) no I was at his house I got a notification on my phone that someone was on my porch I looked and it was like a person dropping something off my porch like what the hell is that i can't remember anything i ordered and then like i'm like i guess it can't be too important if i didn't think about it so i just like didn't go right away like hours later came home opened the package and it was this cute little coffee mug from uh the hrc the human rights campaign okay i was like they had like a donation drive where like if you donated like 20 bucks they'd send you a coffee mug and it was a cute coffee mug so i did it that's but so it was like nice, weeks though. ago, so like I didn't know. So it was the same thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that package? It's weird, like when you're not expecting a package and you get mm-hmm. a package, and it's like, what is this? Where did this come from? Who are you? Well, and that's the kind of thing too. Like 
it's more about the donation than like the the mug you're gonna get so like definitely probably weren't even really like you, you're probably like okay yeah that's cute and then threw that thought away because you're focusing on just like okay i will donate. Right. like that's that's yeah. the main part of this and the main thing i'm doing right so it is like a a, a fun surprise yeah i love fun surprises <laughs> me too they're so much better than terrible surprises that's true that's true uh, like your house burning down, which I'm so happy knock on wood has not that. happened yet. You're not allowed to leave your house for a while. Just so you know, you have to be there to monitor it, please. Yeah, I will. I'm nervous. I think it's all good now. It's just okay. the wire came loose and I was okay. alone and in the dark last night. I'm like, okay. oh, the bathroom light's not working. But I was just like, I'm just going to go to bed and deal with it in the morning. And that was the correct choice. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good. Because I knew that doing electrical work while under the influence would not be a great choice. No, so like, no. And that's that goes for everybody. That's just life advice from Alex yeah. to you. Do not. Yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> Same with power tools. Never do anything you're not 100% certain of. If there's any hesitation, don't do it. Basically, unless it involves... The the most electrical equipment you can use at that point is a remote. Yeah. And that's it. If if it's not a remote, don't even use your phone because that's not safe in a completely different way. So remotes are allowed. Everything else electrical. Just no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Set it down. You're done. Yeah. Set it and forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. Apparently but- Sundays make us full of advice. <laughs> It's advice Sunday. I don't know if I have any more advice, though. Bagels are delicious. I'm making banana bread after this. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Actually, at some point today, I'm going to make um, banana brownies. Ooh. Yeah, it's like this, you know, a gluten-free brownie recipe. But it's actually really good. It's like bananas and peanut butter and cocoa powder. I, I feel like maybe with things like brownies. Oh, yum. Yeah. I feel like with things like brownies or like some baked goods actually like gluten free, they just make them more rich. I feel like. Yeah. These ones are really rich and they're, they're, I mean, they're very decadent. And like it, yeah. last time I put chocolate chunks in them too, uh, which I don't regret. That was a good decision. And brownies yeah. are pretty versatile. Like, I, they oh, don't, yeah. they get the gooiness to them in this recipe. Obviously, they don't get that like nice cracked, you know, top thing that happens but like it's not essential mm -hmm. but i also just have some old bananas and yeah i just know myself around a loaf of banana bread and it's it's not a pretty story unless i'm taking it somewhere to share oh definitely yeah (laughs) like the justifying it because i'm like i haven't had bananas in a while i like bought bananas Mm -hmm. because i think i don't know if it's because i saw my friend making banana bread or i was talking about bananas with someone and i was like i could buy bananas i usually don't because i usually have a ton in the freezer but i have none in the freezer right now well there you go yeah yeah i always buy bananas and don't i was gonna say i never eat them or i might eat like one of the bunch because i'm very particular about the ripeness you like them like green and crunchy and like fresh off the tree yeah not totally green, just a yeah. little, a tinge, a tinge. I get that. I mean, if it's like the a good level of green, but if it's too green, I'm like, mm-hmm. I couldn't possibly. Was it us talking about bananas? Because now I'm, <laughs> are we a I banana so. podcast? Is that what we are? 
I don't think we are, but okay. we have talked about it. I think more than one. This is okay. more than this isn't the first time. No, this has been banana talk. Banana talk. <laughs> with banana, 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 banana. A full circle. circle back. Yeah. Now we just need to play bananagrams and then we're done. I love bananagrams. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, I especially love like I'm the asshole who loves getting on a streak of peel, peel, peel. <laughs> Peel, because <laughs> I just love driving everyone else nuts, and I know that's not a good thing, but it's the only game I feel like I get like that where I'm like, peel. peel. Hey, you know your role in the game. Yeah, that's important. And you know what they say: haters make the motivators. <laughs> yes. So I'm just motivating. There you go. Yeah. Well. well mm-hmm. I was hoping there there would be a well. Well. I have a story for you. Peel. And you definitely no, I'm just kidding. Peel. <laughs> but this one was actually a listener suggestion. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. We've been getting more of them lately and they've been wonderful because they're things that I don't think either of us have ever thought about or seen. Right. It is nice to get the suggestions. And this mm-hmm. one comes out from Kara G. She sent us an email about this topic after a recent episode I guess I said we're not a sports podcast. Maybe if we found a story, we would try it. So mm-hmm. she was like, here's a story. It piqued my interest. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to rise to the challenge and do a sports episode. And I hope it's a Grand Slam. Ooh. I don't know which sport that's from. It's baseball. It's it's the OK, cool. <laughs> yeah. I like wasn't sure. I thought it was. I knew it was a Denny's breakfast. That's all I knew. Yes. That and moons over my hammy. I just have to say that name because that cracks Who? me up. Moon's over Miami. What's that? A Denny's breakfast. I just oh my I have to say it because that name makes me laugh. I haven't been to a Denny's in a very long time, but I, I still remember I've that ever name. Been to a Denny's. A Denny's. <laughs> never been to a Denny's or a Denny's. Don't. Yeah, I basically heard like you don't you don't go to Denny's. You end up at Denny's. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you ever heard of the Detroit Stars? No. Well, girl, let me tell you. Also, I was telling my cousin yesterday that um, I was doing a sports episode today. He's like, I'll be on speed dial when you need questions answered. (laughs) So you have a phone a friend. (laughs) Yeah, phone a friend for when there's something we don't, neither of us understand in this, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Luckily. We got Grand Slam. We're doing great so far. I was going to say, we got one. If it's. If it's baseball related, there's a slightly slimmer chance I might know for some reason. I'm not a baseball follower, but I know Scoach. Yeah, I just. I baseball is no. the one I feel like that confuses me the most because it's just like. It's so straightforward, though. That's why I like it. Also, my dad took me to games when I was a kid. So, like, I always had like a for the Tigers kind of. That's heart, fair. Heart situation. And see, I feel like hockey's one I can understand. I can understand hockey because I went to a lot of hockey games as a child. See, I think hockey is a little more complicated rules wise. I think it's more complicated. But I I had a hockey phase in sixth grade. OK. I was a real big hockey fan. It was real weird. It was just basically sixth grade. Super into the Red Wings, super into the Avalanche. And then like just gave no fucks after that. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I had a very brief country phase like that where I thought I liked country for like six months. And I'm like, this might be my new thing. This is like in early high school, too. And I'm like, absolutely not. 
Yeah. Well, and I people used or got on my case because they were like, you like the avalanche because this is like during a time period where Red Wings and Avalanche were like nemesis. Like, Where's like, the Avalanche play out of? Is that Colorado? Colorado. Okay. Okay. I think I just liked their logo because it's like a mountain. Yeah. That tracks. I, I don't mountain. really know, but. Hey, I get it. Mm-hmm. We all try weird. Th- we got you know, you got to find, you got to try things to know they aren't your thing. You got to try things to deny things. Exactly. Advice Sunday here in the banana corner. <laughs> On Detroit Strange. <laughs> yep. Anyway, okay. these Detroit Stars. I would the like Detroit to know st- about them. Yeah. So they were uh, Detroit's premier Negro League team. So the Negro oh. Nas- or National Negro League was um, it was the first successful like se- first successful leave of the segregation era. Which sport um, are we talking about? Baseball. Okay. Sorry. Base- I, no, I assumed baseball just because I think it's older. Like in the Grand Slam. Yeah. Yeah. And the Grand Slam comment, yes. Just a little on the Negro National League. It was started in 1920. Detroit was one of the founding members, one of the charter teams. And I have a quote from the Major League Baseball website. I went to the Major League Baseball website. Hello, <laughs> sports fan. The Negro National League became the first successful league of the segregated era, clearly demonstrating that African-American players were good enough to play in the major leagues and have been kept out solely due to blatant discrimination. Oh. So, unfortunately, they start their own league, but, like, they had a lot of talent and they, they did it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The team started in 1919 with a, name named, uh, with a man named J. Preston Pete Hill. I want to say name name for now name, on. Name. A name name. A name name. The name, name name being J. Preston Pete Hill. The name name game. The name name game. Uh, he was the former captain of the Chicago American Giants, which was another team owned by Andrew Rube Foster, who we'll get to later. He's kind of considered the grandfather of black baseball. Uh, but Pete Hill, he started off as the team's field manager. And that first year, the team won the integrated Michigan semi-pro championship. So that's the thing is like semi-pro was integrated. It just was the professional league that was not. So like the, okay. Like the NNL teams would play with semi-pro teams all over, but then they also had their own national league, but so they won the Michigan semi-pro championship. It was the first of five state titles they would win in a row. And their home field was at Mack park in Detroit, just down the street from the Austin sweet house, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little uh, uh, more east side of the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, Andrew Rube Foster, so a quick side journey on him. He was a Chicago tycoon in the early 1900s, was known as the godfather of black baseball. He founded the Negro National League in 1920, and he was the first owner of Detroit's first professional black team, the Detroit Stars. Uh, as I mentioned, the Stars would be one of the charter members of the NNL. And so this guy kind of started the league, started the Detroit Stars. He also was in charge of the Chicago American Giants. It is said that, like, often it's it stated the team's owner was a man by the name of John T. Tenney Blount. Blount? Mm-hmm. But he was more of the team's general manager in charge of scheduling, transportation, and accommodation. So kind of like, well, he wasn't, he wasn't owning the team. He was effectively in charge of the team. Mm-hmm. So like the team's general manager and like, a t- I guess the term general manager was not around back then, which is probably why people were confused 
as to why they thought, well, he's doing everything. He's got to be the owner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they stated that in one, I read a book for this one. Actually, I read a book. Oh, yeah. There's actually a good book. I'll Congrats. talk about it later. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll borrow it. It's a library book, but maybe I'll borrow it from the library. Yeah. I got one of them cards. Yes. <laughs> I do feel bad because I opened the book too wide and a page fell out and I feel bad about it. So I'm going to let them know when I turn it back in. Like, hey, a couple pages fell out. Um, find I mean, me. that happens, though, too. I, I don't know how old the press or whatever on the book is, but it's from it, 2000, I think. That sounds new, but really, that's still at two decades old. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the, it could it's have been an cheap clue. Book. Yeah. So now we're getting to the 1920s. And in the 20s, they kind of did as well as their white counterparts, the Detroit Tigers, both kind of had superb hitting and just okay pitching. And they were often near the top without being the top. Like they, they almost always had winning seasons, but they weren't like winning the whole thing. Okay. Pete Hill, who I mentioned earlier, helped found the team and he was there for two years. Uh, He was both the field manager and he played. Uh, He was an exceptional ball player. And he had a lifetime batting average of 0.326, which I looked up what how to read the batting average number. This does confuse me a little bit. Okay. I know. Yeah. Very little. So basically that's a decimal like the it's a de- always a decimal between zero and one zero being they hit none of their hits of the game and one meaning they hit every hit of their game so basically saying that like all of the all the times he was up as bat yeah of the okay. times he was up to bat he hit 32.6 percent of them like which i know like a lot of career. professional batting averages are in the the point three something something range. Yeah. like that seems good yeah, no, it was a good, good, but especially for a lifetime batting average. Mm-hmm. And the book kind of talked about, I wrote, he was kind of Jackie Robinson before Jackie Robinson was Jackie Robinson. Oh, so just kind of like he was just as much of a terror for the opposing team at the plate as he was on the bases. He would like agitate the pitchers by, quote, gyrating around the bag and trying to fake them out into thinking he was going to steal a base. So kind okay. of just like he was a great ball player. He knew it. And he kind of was a little showboaty about it, but he had every right to be fair. Fair. Yeah. In 1925, the team's ownership changed hands. A Dutch Jewish haberdasher by the name of John Rosink owned the team from 1925 to 1930. Although another source that I read said that the team was actually bought by a, nam- a man named Steve Pierce, an African-American man from the West Coast. It also says in 1928, Joe Rosink got involved. But the ownership around the league remained mostly black. So a little bit of um, uncorroborated. I'm not sure which which way is right, but Joe Rosink was involved at some point, And so was a man named Steve Pierce. But uh, going back to Joe. Oh, but I was, no, I was going to say I love I love the details of, of all that uh, yeah. the timeline situation there. But I also love the use of the word haberdasher. I oh, yes. have to point that out. He was a haberdasher by trade. Haberdasher, haberdashery. I yes, we lo- we love a haberdashery. I love old timey words. Right. Thank you. So, Continue. Yeah. So the haberdasher Joe John Rosink, he was the second white person to own one of the Negro League teams, and he had a reputation among the players as being one of the best owners in the league. And I guess just around Black Bottom, they thought of him as a gentleman. So it sounds like it was a good thing, because you know, when you hear a white guy bought the Negro yeah. League team, you're 
It doesn't it sound great. Qu- doesn't sound right, but it sounds like he was a decent guy at least. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I mean, I think there's something too to say, I mean, like talking, if you're talking to the actual players and like, how are, Mm -hmm. how are they being treated? How are they being promoted? How are they like all that matters too. And like your reputation amongst the players, I think is the most weighty thing. Yeah. So I think that can speak volumes. Like it does sound bad initially as a single sentence, but I think you have to put everything into context. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a complicated thing, but. Yeah. As long as he was good to them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, In 1927, tragedy almost struck. There was an auto body factory owned by a a man named Walter O. Briggs. He had a notorious reputation for hazardous working conditions. Oh, no. It was so bad that the factory was nicknamed Briggs Slaughterhouse. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. On April 23rd of that year, so 1927, the factory exploded and burned for two days straight. Yeah, here's why I said tragedy almost struck, because the day before, Turkey Stearns, who we'll get to later, he was a player, on the te- one of the best players on the team, along with 12 other Detroit Stars players, had quit their jobs and headed on down to Louisiana for spring training the day before. So they were all working at this factory? They were all working at, like, <gasps> like 13 of the Detroit Stars players were working at this factory and quit the day before this shit went down. So, like, half the team. Yeah, yeah. Like... Oh my gosh. Which like general side note. Quit your job. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Advice Sunday. <laughs> but uh so the players of the NNL were usually still working while they played or like would work on the off season. So like mm-hmm. a lot of them worked on the assembly lines. Mm-hmm. Like Turkey Stearns, I remember reading he worked on the assembly lines up until like mm-hmm. nineteen sixty four. I think from- that's true of like I mean they weren't minor leagues, but I know minor league sports players still generally yeah. have like day jobs essentially. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how uncommon it was, but I just kind of like they were working while they were playing most yeah. of the time. That's and a I'll, lot. Yeah. Especially cuz like the assembly line work is not easy work. No, it's literally going from demanding. like <laughs> physically demanding to physically demanding. Like Yeah. In different ways but also just when do you rest? Yeah. Like, luckily, though, it sounds like the line workers kind of saw baseball as an escape from the drudgery of daily work. So it's probably like nice to have, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, there was one player, Dr. Grady Diploma Orange. What a name. Played, yeah. Middle name Diploma. Last name uh, Orange. Yeah. Uh, who played for the Stars from 1928 to 1931. He was a teacher during the offseason. Also went to oh. Meharry Medical College where he graduated in 1931 with the highest four-year GPA in the school history. No big deal. I just teach, go to school for medicine, and play baseball. Yeah. At the national level. At the national level. NBD, just day-to-day life. Right? Like, impressive. Before we move on to the Great Depression, the Detroit Stars had to move stadiums. In July of 1929, during a game, actually, between the Detroit Stars and the Kansas City Monarchs, Mack Park would catch on fire. Oh, no. The cause was thought to be some gasoline that was stored under the right field bleachers. Are you sure it wasn't exposed wires? (laughs) No, I was not the electrician (laughs) at that field. Um, (laughs) But, like, the reason they had gasoline stored under the right field bleachers, they used it to dry the infield? 
which I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I've heard it also doesn't sound safe. Catching like a field on fire for like seeds, but I've never heard of catching a field on fire to dry it. Yeah, I don't I don't really get it either. But apparently they use maybe they just poured the gas on it and just let it dry. I don't know. That doesn't seem like it would be effective because I don't think it's like oil. Like we're (laughs) then all the moisture just eats away. Yeah, it was just I don't know, but they were storing gasoline. That's what they thought caused the fire. Okay, so new advice. Don't store gas under your bleachers. Yes. But the players were actually kind of heroes that day because they weren't kind of. They were heroes that day because after the fire broke out, the players worked to tear down the chicken wire that separated the stands from the field to make evacuation easier. Okay. So, like, instead of having to go down the stairs of the bleacher, they just started ripping on the chicken wire so people could escape out the front, like, into the field. And I think, honestly, because of these actions, like, 121 people were injured, but there were no deaths. Like, they managed to save everyone. That's pretty good. I mean... I I assume in a crowd like that, you're going to have some sort of injuries because everybody's trying to right as like, fast as possible. And if it's oh, a totally. gas fire, gas that's burns not quick. A slow. I was going to say that's not a slow burn. That is a GTFO yeah. because it is coming in hot. Literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the park was salvageable and eventually reopened. But for the rest of that season, they played at Hamtramck Stadium, also known as Keyworth Stadium. Yes, where uh, the soccer the soccer players play the football yeah. league. Yeah, yeah. I've been to two games. <laughs> I want to go and open when the world opens back up because it mm. sounds like a good time. They're so fun. I've been on like um I I I've been on both sides of the stadium because like I went and I was like, well, I'm not like a true fan. Like I, my face isn't painted and I don't know all the calls, so I'm just gonna send this other side. And that was fun. But then I had another friend who was like, no, we're sitting on the home team side. And I was like, "Okay, so much fun. Even if you don't know all the things, you just have to stand up and like move your mouth and like. As long as you're cheering the team on, you can be part of the home team. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yes. So they played there for DFC. Yes. (laughs) Go, go Rouge. Right. Rouge. I think they call the River Rouge. Yeah, and their colors, I think, are specifically like a rouge and then a yellow, a marigold. I think to go along with that. Yeah, that makes I sense. I don't know, but they have really cute merchandise. I believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So unfortunately, we're getting to around when the depression hits. So the stock market of uh, the stock market crash of 1929 left a lot of things in shambles uh, The the NNL would hold on until 1931. Depression was bad for employment as a whole, but it hit the black population especially hard just because racism, literally just yeah. like, you know, you have to cut employees. People were kind of just like, wow. I mean, so. these problems still exist, too. So. Oh, definitely. So things were bad. Depression hit. In 1931, the team would change hands again. Uh, the new owner was a man by the name of Everett Watson. He was a numbers racketeer, and so because of the depression, game attendance was down. Watson was having to pay for the rental of Hamtramck Stadium, which often meant not being able to make the team's payroll. So these players were playing and not being able to get paid or paid as much as they're supposed to because 
depression attendance was down. Mm. Uh, That reminds me of just like a league of their own. I mean, it's slightly different because it's the war war wartime when the women's league was formed. But it's the same thing where they have they have a problem at a certain point with uh, down attendance and. Yeah. Keeping players, essentially. Because they can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, like, no, that's a good, like that's an interesting comparison. I like kind of wonder, like, if any of the NNL teams have gotten the a league of their own treatment, just because I don't follow sports at all. Mm-hmm. You mean as far as like uh, being in a movie? Well, and I'm. Talked I about. hope there's something in the baseball hall of fame. No, there's definitely okay. like. Yeah, I'll get to that in a bit. But okay, a lot of okay. the players that played yeah. in the NNL did eventually make it into and the there's baseball not a hall movie, of fame. There should be. A movie, yeah. I like I don't know. As I was reading about this, and I'm like, and I freaking love the League of Their Own, own, but I would not have known about that whole time period. Like, I wouldn't have known that that existed without a League of Their Own. And I mean, it was one of my favorite childhood movies. Uh, Soft spot in my heart for it. I love that movie. I've only seen it the once, but I loved it. And now I'm just gonna sing. This used to be my playground. Um, Yes, but yeah, this sounds like it would be a great subject for a movie, and should be. Yeah captured in that way yeah so 1931 was also when the first nnl would fold and the everett watson just kind of vanished leaving some of the players quote broke and stranded in detroit oh yeah so like i said the nnl folded in 1931 but not too much later a new league was formed called the east west league the league was founded by a, na- a man named Cum Posey. Cum short for Cumberland, but he so went by Cum. So Cum many Posey. things. So many yeah. things. Um. Yeah. Nope. Yep. We're just gonna <laughs> sidestep that pile of just Cum and keep going. Uh, the keep Detroit posing on. Keep posing on. So the Detroit team was called the Detroit Wolves and was the premier team in the Ooh. league. Yeah. They also went by the Grays for part of the season after merging with the Homestead Grays, another team. I like Wolves better personally. That oh, sounds same. more sporty. Yeah. And it seems that team only lasted a year because in 1933 the Stars were back. Oh. Yeah. The Stars were back. They replaced the Indianapolis ABCs. Okay. Another team. Yeah, just the ABCs. Were they up against the one, two, threes ever? I hope so. <laughs> Sorry. And just like. It's real stupid, but I couldn't. Right. Help it. Um, they were managed by a gay. Uh, they were managed by a guy named Candy Jim Taylor. Sexuality unknown. <laughs> but with a name like Candy Jim. That's a really good name. They, there are so many good like nicknames here. So he got the nickname Candy Jim because instead of chewing on chewing tobacco, he would go ham on candy instead. Which... I was going to say he was really into drugs. No, he's really into candy. <laughs> like actual candy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was described in the book as quote as having quote the sweet tooth of a snagglepuss and the sternness of a stepfather. I don't know what kind of sweet tooth a snagglepuss has, but... <laughs> I don't either, but I love that it was combined with and the sternness of a stepfather. <laughs> I guess he's just like just all around a colorful character. That's an amazing description. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start. I want to know somebody 
like that so I can use that descriptor. Oh, yeah. Like, please. <laughs> there was also a semi-pro league called the Detroit Cubs that was more of a barnstorming team, which I had to look up what barnstorming means. Please, yes. So it basically means like no league affiliation and maybe not even a home stadium, more just kind of like a traveling team. And it, like, I guess kind of think Harlem Globetrotters, but less like acrobatic and more just like, we're just a team that travels and we'll play anyone, but we don't have any league affiliation. We're just so like tra- less, traveling, yeah. ba- traveling less baseball team. Yeah. But the Harlem Globetrotters come back in this a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. So there is another team called the Joe Lewis Bombers, also known as the Brown, Brown Bombers. And That's it was not a, team, a good name for a team, I feel like. Just the because, Brown Bombers sounds like a turd. Well, and just bomber. Like, it sounds like you bombed the game. Like, you didn't do well. I think it was most really good fighter plays, like the Bombers. Oh, no, I get that. But yeah. also, maybe, and maybe it's just in the context of today, because now we say I bombed that thing or, you know, like, yeah. like I, I didn't do well. That's interesting to think about. I wonder if bombed was a, a ver or a mm-hmm. used like that before World War II. Although we also use in the opposite context of like, I mean, that's just the I mean, bomb. Thebomb.com. Ironically, use it like that now, but we yeah. did for a while. Oh, yeah. Organically use it in a good way. So I don't know. Anyway, yeah. the Brown Bombers. Joe Lewis Bombers. Uh, it was a team set up by Joe Lewis, and he filled the <laughs> roster with his friends from growing up in Black Bottom. And they played charity games around the country. Oh, Joe fun. himself played the first base for the team. Okay. I guess he was thinking about buying a Negro League franchise, but there was some stuff going on. He's like, you know what? Creating my own team. We're just going to play charity games around the country. And yeah, it was just cool. He like, got all happens. his friends from Black Bottom and just they traveled around the country playing baseball. I bet they had fun. What? I bet they had fun. Like, oh, it yeah. just sounds like. Right. Like lower I, pressure yeah. and we're just we're we're doing it to do it and and just like yeah of Joe it was I think it was cool of Joe Lewis, especially because they played for charity too. Like mm-hmm. so like it was raising money and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So then uh, a new league was formed called the Negro Major League, which was a short lived league that only lasted one season. Uh Detroit did have a team though, and it was the Motor City Giants. I'm not sure if it only lasted one season, that's all I could really find about it, but the team was called the Motor State Giants for that. Okay. Briggs Stadium. I don't know if you know, that was the original name for Tiger Stadium or what it was at least known from between 1938 and 1960. Okay. Does the name Briggs sound familiar? It does, and I don't know why. I just talked about him owning that slaughterhouse factory. He unfortunately also owned Tiger Stadium. Oh, weird. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the stars would play there in the fifties and mm-hmm. Briggs being the piece of shit that he would, that he was would place guards at the door for Negro league games because he thought that black fans would attempt armed robbery. Uh, uh, like no, literally sir. had no reason to believe. So he was just like, I'm going to put guards. And also, I mean like if you're going to put guards all the time, that's another right. thing, like whatever, who cares? I mean, but specifically great, for but- like Negro league games. Yeah, so just kind of gross. I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, in the late 50s, Ted Raspberry would take over the Detroit Stars as owner, manager, and part-time player. He also owned the Kansas City Monarchs, making him the first owner to own two teams in the same league. He attempted to make a baseball Harlem Globetrotters, basically. Okay. Uh, he he brought Goose Tatum of the Globetrotters. And- oh, 
who was um he, he was in a relationship with um Laddie the Laddie. Body. Yeah. 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 Maybe this is when because he came to Detroit. Yeah. Where, yeah. So he was brought to Detroit. So Goose Tatum came to the stars along with a legendary bass a legendary baseball clown, Prince Joe Henry, to the team to do stunts together. Uh, he changed the name of the team from the Detroit Stars to the Detroit Clowns. And they tried this whole like stunty kind of like Harlem Globetrotter baseball kind of thing, but it wasn't kind of panning out how he wanted. So like he changed the name back to the stars and kind of like Good. dropped that. Like it was just like a weird, it was a very weird turn to take. I feel like, well, it's too on the nose. Like yeah. if, if you're going to, if, if you're going to, you know, add clownery or whatever clowning to the whole event, that's fine. But yeah. don't call literally call yourself the Detroit Clowns. It's not right. a good brand. You should have changed it back to the Detroit baseball players after clowns if you're going that literal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so at this time, Negro League players had a pretty aggressive schedule. They would sometimes play as often as seven games in seven different cities in seven days. No. So basically, new city. New like every day, new city, mm-hmm. a different game. Mm-hmm. That would be crazy. exhausting because like yeah. what you basically just like sleep on the bus or like what, like or get like six hours of sleep and then jump on the bus. You know, yeah. like maybe. Yeah, I guess on the bright side, they're really getting to see a lot of the country because it did. I remember reading something that like, but were they? They were, t- they were traveling. <laughs> true, they were traveling a lot more than their white counterparts. I don't know. Good or bad, they were definitely traveling more. Yeah, but if you're traveling more for a specific like work function, yeah, you're not traveling really for work isn't really, yeah, seeing everything. Like if yeah. you're, I don't know, you're seeing like, a bunch of different stadiums. So I have a couple teams that were mentioned without much info. I'm thinking yeah. they're semi-pro teams. I just want to say their names because they're fun. So Detroit Black Sox. I guess there are a couple Black Sox teams around the country, but the Detroit headed Black Sox. And also the Detroit Senators, which I think is also a cool name. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were led by Cool Papa Bell, who we'll talk about in a minute. Ooh. Jumping way ahead, because that's kind of like where so the Negro League ended in 61 because the segregation was over and like they could play in the just regular NMLB mm-hmm. or whatever other leagues there other were. Leagues, the pro yeah. League. Yeah, they were able to play like the, the leagues became integrated. All the leagues, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure when the Tigers started doing this, but they have what they call a Negro League night where the team would don the Stars uniform and bring all the play, like reunite former players from the Negro League. So, like, they would basically any Detroit Stars, they were kind of like the guests of honor that night. And the Detroit Tigers would wear the Detroit Stars uniform and kind of like pay homage to this team. Okay. Which I think is like amazing. I think it's like a fun. I think it's yeah. cool. That they, and they still do it to this day. I was going to um, say, I feel like I've heard this maybe, but I don't I think know. last year was the 100th anniversary. Oh, wow. So they like did like a whole weekend, I think, yeah. of virtual stuff, I think. But I can't remember. I remember reading about it. I didn't write it down. But like there, one of the pictures in the book was from 1997. So I know they were doing it in 1997 at least. Mm-hmm. And I have a quote from the book as well. Tigers are one of the handful of major league teams that commemorate black baseball heritage on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Good on you, Tigers. Yeah. Uh, So some notable players throughout the years that played for one of the Detroit teams, like, so that just got a list of them. I'm just going to run through them real quick. There was Andy Cooper, who played for the Stars in the 20s. Nice. He holds the club. What? 
Nice last name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Solid. Solid. <laughs> he holds more. He holds the club record for most career stats, game ones and shout outs. Wow. And he owned more. He was set to own more records than Motown's Barry Gordy. He just loved records, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's one thing I liked about this book, too, is because like it was an interesting book. So it was all told through pictures and captions. Oh, yes. Like there's an introduction, then everything was pictures and captions, pictures and captions. But it really did a good job of like showcasing all the players and like kind of also like giving facts like that, like own more records than Motown's Barry Gordy. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like not just their stats, but also like give, showing their human side too, which I think is great. Well, yeah, like making it a part of the city, not a separate entity of the city. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Midfielder Frank Warfield, he was a great player, but was unfortunately better known for his overly competitive and even even being downright nasty at times. Oh, no. <laughs> was best known as the guy who bit off part of teammate Oliver Ghost Marcel's nose during a fight in 1930. Oh, no. No, yeah. no, no. No bites. No bites. Yeah. Luckily, that didn't stop Marcel, Oliver okay. Ghost Marcel, from going on to be voted the best thirds baseman of the Negro League history. Did he have con- surgery? How... It didn't say. It just said okay. that Frank Warfield was known for being overly competitive and that he bit off one part of his teammates' nose. Which part? I know I know it didn't say. I'm just I have so many questions. Oh yeah, for sure. That I know you don't have the answer to. I get it, because it's one of those things you hear and it's like, what the uh, Can we explore this more? <laughs> yeah. Uh unfor- I wish I could have looked a little harder, but I didn't there wasn't no, anything no, no, in the no, book. No, it's fine. But, it's fine. And there, pro- there probably isn't too much out there. If you do yeah. know about this though, let us know, please. Yeah. I'm just having Yep. Yep. Continue. <laughs> Another one I mentioned earlier, uh Norman Turkey Stearns. He's kind of like one of the best players, like kind of known from mm-hmm. the Negro National League. Uh, in 1929, he had a batting average of 0.374. Seems pretty uh, good. It is, uh, I, from my understanding. <laughs> uh, he hit some of the longest home runs in Negro League history. He was said to have even hit a ball out of Mac Park's 313 area code, which I'm not sure how feasible it is because I don't know where the border of that is, but that sounds impressive. Well, and at that time, the border would have been who knows where. True. So after his death in 1979, his widow Nettie would keep advocating for him to admit into the Hall of Fame. Hmm. 21 years later, which is unfortunate, it took that long, but he hmm. was inducted in the year 2000. Oh. Next, we have James Thomas Cool Papa Bell, which what a great nickname. I cool love Papa. that. Yeah. According to the book, he was, quote, the fastest man to ever play the game. He played for the Detroit Wolves and he could run the bases home to home. So like from home, first, mm-hmm. second, third, back to home, a distance of 120 yards in 12 seconds flat. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's that not is human. so fast. That's not human. Yeah. Is he part gazelle? Like what is going on? Is he a hybrid man? He just part like. Cheetah? Yeah. He was just really fast and he could often like. He would steal two bases on one pitch because he could just run so fast. That's crazy. Yeah. He's a Hall of Fame member I as well. Yeah. Wrap my head around this. Okay. Keep. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Smokey Joe Williams. He was considered to be the greatest pitcher in Negro League history. He was half African-American, half Native American who played for the Detroit Wolves in 1932. 
Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1999, and he won a record of 19 games against Major League All-Star teams. Awesome. Uh, lastly, I have George Mule Suttles. Uh-huh. He was a home run machine. He hit 190 of them in his career. And he was said to have hit a 600-foot home run in Havana, Cuba. Wow. I am not good at distances, but that sounds real far. Yeah. Which, speaking about Cuba, I didn't write this down. I'm pretty sure the first Detroit Stars game was against the Cuban Stars. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've, I remember reading, like, as reading, like, a lot of, there were a lot of repeat team names. Like, there were a couple stars, mm-hmm. a couple giants, which, like, I get that, like... You might not hear another team naming their team that, but it also would suck if like, you get there and like, oh, they're the same name as us. What the hell? It would be hard to cheer. <laughs> yeah. So fans, and I have a little section about the fans in the press. So while a majority of the Stars fan were black, they did have a decent white following. Uh, people were more concerned about the quality of baseball more than the color of the player's skin. Like Obviously, this wasn't the case with everyone, but it was nice that they had a white following. They're kind of just like, it's interesting because baseball kind of seemed like one of those things that like got people to overlook race, like sports in general, mm-hmm. kind of just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there should have been other reasons to do so, but like. Right. Yeah. It also seems like there were some scandals happening within the white league, which also kind of like made fans like, Oh, I don't know if we want to fuck with that right now. So. Mm-hmm. There was a cartoon in the book from a newspaper that features a Negro League player standing above a scuffle of scandal amongst three white players and a guy in a suit bribing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably a response to the misinformation in other publications. Uh, mentions that the black press had to fight hard to correct problems. And other publications featured articles like lists of do's and don'ts for fans, quote, with the intent for the Negro League teams and their fans to respect the games while employing the highest level of decorum. So kind of just like, hey, if you're going to come to a Negro League game, here's what you should and shouldn't do. Just kind of like act right, people. Kind of. I mean, it sucks that people needed that, but it's also good, you know. Yeah. We all need education about something. So yeah, let's just own it and be open. Yeah. Like I said, not to get it twisted, there's still very much racial issues in the city. Like I said, like Mac, Mac Park was right down the street from the Austin Sweet House, and that was kind of happening at the same time so Mm -hmm. like not saying that the city wasn't a racist mess just saying there was some there's at least some things that weren't total garbage yeah no no and i mean i mean that makes sense and it i guess sports are interesting in that way that they really do bring communities together and you know i am down on sport or not down on it but you know sports 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 just because it's not my thing doesn't you know make it right. less valid and i do love live games because of that like yeah aspect. you kind of get to like yeah yeah so that's kind of it i do have my sources seamheads.com the major league baseball website detroithistorical.org wikipedia and my last source is it's from the black america series called whistle stop black baseball in detroit by larry lester sammy j miller and dick clark and it was a great book, actually. Like, like I said, it is a lot of pictures, but I think that's kind of a good way for history because, like, the pictures all had very detailed captions of what mm-hmm. they were and, like, kind of explaining the context of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, really, like, if you're interested in baseball, great book to check out just because, like, it shows a lot of stats and things that, mm-hmm. that kind of went over my head. But, like, it really did a good job of showcasing these players that probably 
weren't showcased enough during their time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, and I'm also not a sports stat person by any stretch of the imagination, but everything you just said was incredibly interesting. And I'm so happy that you did this topic. Yeah. Well, th- I'm, I'm going to shout out again to Kara G because she yeah. was the one who brought this to my attention. And I think it was a great topic. And I think especially like, you know, we're getting towards the end of February. It's Black History Month. So good topic for that, too. Yeah. Thank you for the suggestion. Thank you for following her suggestion. Yeah. Because this is fantastic. Like, yeah, when she had emailed me, I'd never heard of it. And I started looking it up. I'm like, oh, uh, this is actually. Like, excuse this is, me. Emailed us. Emailed, emailed us. us. Yeah. But I didn't us. open it because you told me not to. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, I was like, I called dibs. I called <laughs> dibs. Which, by the way, I called dibs on the Instagram one. If you have not read it yet. Is it? I saw the messages popping up, but I didn't read them. So you're good. Okay. Dibs. Okay. You called dibs. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, those are my sources. Those are the Detroit stars. I'd be interested to see if they're going to like, now that I'm aware of it, if they're going to do a Negro league night for the Tigers this time, maybe pay more attention to it this year. Yeah. So now I know it's coming. Yeah. That would be fun. I would love and the, to I will say that the, the Major League Baseball did have some really good articles about it, too. Like just because it is the hundredth last year was the hundredth year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you want more information, I definitely definitely recommend both this book and the Major League Baseball website articles. Mm-hmm. And if you're writing a movie or looking for a subject to write a movie about. Yes. This, this would be would fantastic. Be <laughs> yes. Well, again, thank you for doing that. That was wonderful. No problem. It's my pleasure. And you know what time it is then. What time is it? Summertime. It's our vacation. Is that not it? No, it's not. But I liked that little ditty. Oh, it's from High School Musical too. It's so funny you mentioned High School Musical. I saw it on TikTok. Um, What's the Huma Luma 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 song? What's the name of that song? There's some song that's like a really long name that starts with an H and some girl was trying to get Siri to play it for her. And if you oh. ask Siri to play it, you know how Siri repeats like, yeah. oh, this song. She gets I've, real sexual in her. Uh, <laughs> how she says the name of this song with a bunch of H's and W's in it. OK, now I have I no I idea what the song name is. I didn't either. And like, I thought, I mean, I'm not like I know High School Musical, but I thought I knew High School. You know what I mean? Let was me it look from up. the third one? Like I saw the th- I I actually saw the third one in theaters, and that was the only time I saw it. And it was because like my fr- was- I think it was my friend was a senior that year, and she's like, "We've already seen the other two. We may as well go see the third one because like senior, oh, I want to yeah. see their senior thing." It's Huma Umunukunukuapuawa. Oh, is it from the second one? It's from is the it second Sharpay? one. Yeah, is it's it from Ashley the second Tinsdale one. And uh. What's his yeah. face? Yeah, it's Sharpay okay. and Ryan. Yep. Yeah, but apparently if you try to pronounce that and Siri tries to pronounce it back, it's it gets real Interesting. awkward. Uh, I had to mention that. I wasn't going to, but then you mentioned High School Musical, so I had to. And it's not a Detroit Strange episode if we don't mention TikTok at least once. No, no. But anyway, we're going to go to another social media source for truths and a lie. And by that, I mean... Four truths and a lie. (laughs) Four truths and a lie? Four truths and a lie. Um, Okay, okay. So side story, last night, well, I I posted this on Twitter last night, and I have like eight Twitter posts, maybe nine total at this point. 
in my life since 2007 when I joined Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Last night I posted, my roommate and I decided we're going on a mini adventure tomorrow. While planning, the best idea I came up with was, let's go get a tropical smoothie and go look at something pretty. Maybe water? I'm pretty sure my <laughs> pandemic brain is in full mush mode, which is completely accurate. And Lisa's having none of my adventure ideas. I don't even know Drop what we're doing. Drop a smoothie and go look at water. <laughs> I mean, that sounds great to me, well, but I get it. Well, she denied my let's go look at dinosaur sculptures because I think there's some of those in Michigan somewhere. She was like, no, absolutely not. Ice sculptures? No, dinosaur. Oh, dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, like a dinosaur park. You know, you know my feelings on dinosaur, the dinosaurs. That's the I one do, thing I have to say strong on because I'm softening on both space and super. I watched WandaVision. I Dino- watched all of WandaVision. I haven't yet, but I, I want to. I haven't. And I keep forgetting every time I sit down, I'm like, what do I watch? And then I watch a weird documentary uh, instead. But I love a dinosaur park. I've been to two and three. If you count the D&D park, I went to in Illinois one time. None nice. of these are destinations, by the way, I'm actually going to. I'm on the way to something else. It, Oh, oh that looks cool. Part. Let's stop. Yeah. I need to pee anyway. Yeah. The Cabazon dinosaurs in California, the best. Uh, you can crawl up into a T-Rex head. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But so I have very few tweets and I'm going to read you again five. I'm going to tell you the dates of them. You're going to tell me which one I did not actually tweet. OK. OK. I'm into mm-hmm. this. OK. So tweet number one comes from 52708 trying to figure out how to use twitter that's number one number two 12 12 2010 yes sometimes i do indeed feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind thank you for asking <laughs> 424 2014 i'd be saying oh yeah too if i was made entirely of glass and could charge through a brick wall without shattering okay there was a picture of the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, 8-13-2015. I'd like to make a show about a ghost law firm. Not a law firm for ghosts, but one where the ghosts are lawyers. Great researchers. <laughs> and seven twenty seven twenty twenty. I just read that sweet potatoes can help reduce and fight stress. Now I'm stressed about not liking sweet potatoes. <laughs> hmm. Which one doesn't exist? Shit. I'm leaning towards two right now. Is that your? Are, are we locking it in? No, no, okay. no, no. I'm leaning towards two answers. Is what I meant. Oh, okay. I'm leaning towards the plastic bag one, and then also the sweet potato one. Okay. I'm between those two, and I could be wrong with both. Could be. Um, I'm gonna go with the plastic bag one. Ding, ding, ding! You are correct. Although I do think that in my head quite often. Oh yeah. I I also love the remix of that song that's just like, do you ever feel like a plastic bag, like a plastic bag, like a plastic, <laughs> like the whole, they changed the whole song. So it's just asking if you feel like a plastic bag. Over and over. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, and I used to always be like, damn, how many times did she watch American Beauty? <laughs> Is that it? I've never seen American Beauty. Oh, yeah. The whole first and last like scene basically is like lamenting on like watching a plastic bag swirling in the wind and talking about it and like feeling isn't Ke- is kevin spacey in that one he kind of plays he a creepy is. dad yeah he kind of creepy dad he's a creepy dad and then he's Lust just after creepy. His, like daughter's friend right yeah yeah it okay, was that's... it was a very at the time it was a good movie before we all knew about kevin spacey being kevin spacey i mean yeah. like it's it was a creepy movie but it was um it was well done 
yeah. Mira Servino. Mira Servino, is that her name? She, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Gosh, who plays the daughter? I love who plays the daughter, and I can't remember her name right now. Elaine Stritch. It, yes, Elaine Stritch. <laughs> plays Kevin Spacey's daughter. Yeah. Um, I might have to look it up real quick, but anyway, but it was a well done, but then he made it weird and because yeah he he's is, kevin spacey mm-hmm. it's not my favorite no thing real quick though just because i want to give her due props because i think she is oh annette benning's in it too thora birch that's who i was trying to remember love thora birch love she's annette benning too yeah yeah that's why i had to say her name too because i was like ooh. but thora birch i i'm in love with the movie ghost world if you've never seen it you should watch that I have um i have it on dvd i'll lend it to you okay it's it's a thing uh it also stars uh colin joe's girlfriend <laughs> why can i not so, remember uh, name? Scar Joe. Yeah, Scar Joe's in it i still love when he like che made him roast her on weekend update at the beginning at the end of last year yes 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 i mean it's funny well deserved often she comes up on the show <laughs> Does she? I've seen them have like multiple jokes about like oh, him I dating thought you meant her. on our show. I'm like, do we talk no. about Scarlett Johansson on that no. often? Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't really know. I can't pinpoint what the first thing she was in. No, I first remember her from Ghost World. Okay. The movie I just mentioned, but I mean, she might have been in stuff bef- well before that. This is the first time like she was in my yeah. sphere. Knowingly. The only movie that I can like clearly remember her being in that I've seen is uh, Hail Caesar. And I loved her in that. I never saw that, actually. I heard good things, but I didn't see It's actually see really it. good. It's like 60s Hollywood. So it's not like quite the like Golden Age of Hollywood, but it's like. Yeah. Around like the downfall of the Golden Age of Hollywood, I guess. I don't know. Well, isn't it kind of them clasping onto the Golden Age? Like, isn't that kind of yeah. the theme of the movie is like trying to, to keep on to the old. Yeah. The old times. Yeah. Um, this has been this fun. Has been, this has been fun. This is real great. We should do this again sometime. Let's do this again sometime. Maybe, Maybe in the next same week time or next so week? even. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think that wraps us for this time then. I think we are wrapped like a case at a ghost law firm. Yes. When it's done. Case is closed. Boom. And the ghosts are on the next case. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poltergeist, Poltergeist, and Casper. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm sorry. I'm not usually the person who's like, I love when I did this, but I love that I wrote great, re- great researchers. Oh, no, definitely. Like, I totally get that. We usually go back and read something you wrote a couple of years ago. It's like, I'm so stupid, but I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, I've decided to embrace my stupidity and things that oh, I just yeah. think are funny, even if nobody else does. <laughs> you have to. You mm-hmm. have to, because yeah. if... Nothing else you make yourself laugh, and that is worth it in and yeah, of itself. Yeah. Everybody do yourself a favor, laugh at yourself, because it's fun. It's real fun. Uh anyway though, so we were wrapped. We are wrapped. If you want to laugh at us on our social medias, uh at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, if you want to send us an email at Cara G is Detroit Strange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. and of course please like every podcast wants please rate subscribe review uh if you review anytime in the next week or so we have a contest going yeah 
if you do leave us a review, we are going to enter you into a contest and we're going to give you some merch. We're we're going to announce on air sometime in March who won and tell us, tell you, you know, we'll get in contact and yeah, get get you some cool stuff. Yeah. But I think until next time. Yeah. Until next time. Stay Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sax and Violence.